0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
0: Ryan, how you doing? Doing great, Zach. Thanks so much for having me. This is the weekend I've been waiting for, man. This is the best slate of college football I think that we're going to get this season. And the NFL slate, it's funny because like, you look at these numbers, The NFL slate kind of looks like the college slate. A lot of double-digit spreads, you know, totals that are being hit right now with the weather coming to the East Coast. But uh, I can't wait to get going, man.
1: So one thing I want to see this weekend, and I just went on a rant. I can't stand Dabo Sweeney. I think in the last year or two, he's failed the Clemson program because he's not willing to adapt. You have a Florida State team that could really put the nail in the coffin for Clemson if they start off the year 2-2 and and uh, lose to Duke and Florida State. The Seminoles are only a two point favorite. That's the only thing that gives me a little cause for concern, but I've already laid the two points, the two and a half points with Florida State. How confident are you that Florida State takes care of business on Saturday at noon
0: Eastern? All right, so I'm betting against both of my teams this weekend. Half my family out in Tallahassee. My uncle was the coach at TCC, Tallahassee Community College, for a couple of years there, so they've been giving me a hard time. I actually like Clemson. Oh! Game of the year, that Clemson was a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They lay an egg against Duke, and I get it, but it was the first game in a new offense. You know, Cade Klubnik's now the guy. It's the Garrett Riley offense. It's supposed to be, but yet they ran the Clemson offense. There was a bunch of red zone goal line turnovers. It was a fluky game. Plus, Duke's for real. Mike Elko's doing a really good yeah, job. Is. See, I just think this is a sleepy spot for Florida State again. It's the second straight week where they have to play a noon game. And last week, they barely got past Boston College. And I know there was a lot of stuff going on. They were uh, dealing with a flu bug in their locker room. They were prepared to play in rain and windy conditions. Jordan Travis got hurt. But again, the offense didn't put together a full four quarters. They didn't score in the final 17 minutes of the game. Almost had their season ended by Boston College, who almost lost to Holy Cross. And Clemson's defense is a big step up in class. You know, I know they've been a little bit of a disappointment. I know the offense hasn't looked great just yet for Clemson, but... I think they're alive in this spot. And if they lose, like you said, Dabo is now under fire. That's two losses in conference. and We're not even into October yet. So pressure's on Clemson in this game. I think they get it done, unfortunately, but I hope I'm wrong.
1: I'm sick. Uh, That's the one game I hope you're wrong on this weekend. Let's go 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, The team that everyone's talking about the most, Colorado, with their biggest task yet, going to Eugene, Oregon, to square off against Dan Lanning. And Bo Nix, uh, right now, Oregon is a 21-point favorite, is the smart play to plus the 21 here and continue to ride Coach Prime in the Colorado Buffaloes.
0: So this is, the, this is the one that I've been waiting for, the spot that I've been waiting for to fade Colorado. Unfortunately, I, I did it with Nebraska. That was a big, big letdown. And then I did it again last week with Colorado State. Colorado State actually should have won that game on the road. They committed, I believe, 17 penalties for like 185 yards. But... You know, the problem is the market caught on. They were like, hey, smart guys, we know you're waiting to fade Colorado. Maybe we have to wait until next week with USC. I laid it with Oregon here. It's just, you know, Colorado, the reason that they've overexceeded expectations, they were a a three-and-a-half-win projected team, is because the starters are all four- and five-stars, right? I mean, they have a bunch of talent. The problem is they just don't have a lot of depth. The depth behind the starters, behind the Travis Hunters, who's hurt now for the next couple weeks, are the guys that were on the five-and-21 uh, teams the last couple of years, so I just think this is a huge step up in class. What I'm going to do is I'm going to lay the first half. Unfortunately, we missed the number. It opened at 11 and a half. It's out to 13, 13 and a half in some shops. Rather than worry about a backdoor cover, because you know Dion's going to have those guys motivated to cover that number because he's been really quiet this week. Meanwhile, Dan Lanning's been kind of running his mouth. But uh, I like really the first has half. Dan Lanning.
1: We had him on last night.
0: I, I-, I thought he was uh, keeping it close to the vest well- here. I'll, I'll say this, he's not really running his mouth, and I'm the biggest Dan Lanning fan. Like, But I, a couple weeks ago, you know, he said, Colorado, what have they ever won? You know, you know, yeah, I He made wrong. a good point. Right, like everybody's talking about Colorado. Here's the thing, man. This is going to be the most watched game. Even though we have Notre Dame-Ohio State in primetime on 4K, this is going to be the most watched game. Playing Colorado right now, that's the biggest spot in college football. I don't think the pressure's on Coach Prime. He's not expected to win this year. He's expected to win maybe in two or three years. We'll see how long he even sticks around. The pressure's on Dan Lanning because the Pac-12 is loaded. It's year two. Year two coaches at Oregon always win double-digit games. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're 21-and-a-half-point favorites. So I think the pressure's actually on Oregon in this spot, and I think they're going to be extra motivated in this game. Also, just on paper, like football matchup, I just I don't know how you stop Bo Nix with Colorado's defense. You know, are you able to get home 3-4? Guys, uh, or are you going to have to send a blitz? And if you send a blitz, I think Bo Nix is going to pick you apart. And then on the offensive side of the ball for Colorado, losing Travis Hunter is huge. You could say he's only worth a point to the market because he's a wide receiver, a DB. Uh, he's enormous. And he's playing 126 snaps, and he's their best player. I think he's the most important player. So. I like Oregon in the first half, and I do like them a little bit in the full game as well.
1: Well, Coach Prime, if you're listening, I just want it to be known that I am a believer, so I did plus the 21 points uh, with Colorado. Uh, that is Ryan Horvat, who's a non-believer, so go after him. No, uh, if no you don't guys do that do to because I
0: saw, I saw how he was coming after Danny Cannell. I, don't, I do not want that. Coach Prime, I am a believer. I am a believer. <laughs> doesn't sound, just, just, just doesn't sound that way. Doesn't sound Against the Ducks. Don't do that to me. No, uh, no, no. Ohio <laughs> State,
1: Notre Dame. It's now the Buckeyes by three points. Uh, my big thought on this game is I've seen how Ohio state has lost the last two years to Michigan. It's because Michigan beat the crap out of them inside the trenches and they had a big time running back um, really two the, the, with Blake Corman and Donovan Edwards. Uh, you look at Notre Dame. They have a big time offensive line. They have Audrey your and a really good quarterback in Sam Hartman. Do you like the fighting Irish this weekend?
0: So I'm a homer because I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I did bet them game of the year because the number was seven, and I thought they were a little bit better than everybody was projecting them to be because I'm a big Sam Hartman guy. This is your game always, of the year? This was, well, for, for, for me, I so game of the year bets, like that comes out in the summer, right? And you could bet a couple of the games. And you can okay. look ahead numbers. And everybody always gives me a hard time because everybody's worried about the baseball season. Usually we're in the NBA finals, and I'm betting college football games of the year just because – these numbers aren't going to be there anymore. So Notre Dame was actually at one time, I didn't get the best number, it was a seven and a half point dog. Wow. Um, yeah. And so they're a little bit better than projected, obviously with Sam Hartman taking over. And the reason I like Sam Hartman, I loved him at Wake Forest. And look at that offense. I like the mesh offense that they run there, but now he's playing behind a better offensive line. He has a real run game. Estime estimates the best running back in the country right now. And he's running guys over six yards after initial contact. And I think like, but that's the thing nobody's talking about. Estimate has been great, but a lot of it is coming after contact. And Notre Dame's offensive line at times has been pushed around. Joe Alt is awesome. their tackle, But on the other side, Fisher's lost a bunch of weight and just doesn't look like the same player. And I'm worried about the interior of the offensive line getting pushed around a little bit. Ohio State has really good edge rushers. Sawyer's really good. I think he's going to be probably a first-round pick. And that defense... That's the, that's the matchup nobody's talking about, right? Everybody's worried about Kyle McCord. He can't push the ball down the field. I think I'm throws 20 or more yards down the field. He's 11 for 29, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he has probably the best wide receiver room in the country. Yeah. But I don't think the matchup's going to come down to McCord versus Hartman or which offense is better. I think it's going to come down to the battle in the trenches, and that's what worries me a little, about, a little bit about Notre Dame. Now that we're at three, I unfortunately think Ohio State wins the game. Wow. But, again, like, I'm bitter. I, it, you know, Notre Dame hasn't beat them since 1936. I was at one of these matchups. The other thing that nobody's talking about, a couple smart people have been talking about it, uh, being a fan, every time they play in one of these games against one of these Midwest teams, you would figure Notre Dame fans are going to be there. It's going to be loud. It's prime time. Oh, that'd be we a lot of Ohio ticket, State fans. Yeah. Ticket sales, 40% of the ticket sales uh, are going to be Buckeye fans. They travel very mm-hmm. well. So that's going to be like a 50-50 crowd on Saturday night. I think Ohio State wins, unfortunately. I think the real bet, though, is the under in the game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game.
1: Alrighty. Um, I'll chop off one NFL game. I want to give you one more college. Cause like you said, it's a monster slate and the college slate is so much better than the NFL slate this weekend on paper. Ryan Horvat here with us, Ole Miss, Alabama. Do you like the over 55 and a half Alabama is a six and a half point favorite. I saw that number, I think opened up at Alabama by seven. So it's down by a half point. Your favorite play in this game is what?
0: You know, now that we're under a touchdown, I'm staying away from the total because I don't know what to do right there, but I would lean over. I think we get some points. But I am, uh, I think this is going to be a big Tommy Reese game, right? For, for I, I have to, if we get under a touchdown here, which we're at right now, I like Alabama in this spot. I mean, you look at Ole Miss, and they're undefeated right now. But Jackson Dart right now is their offense. He's their leading rusher. He is a little bit better uh, as a quarterback. He's number 11 right now, I believe, in QBR. But they really, I don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball against Alabama. And I know the Alabama quarterback situation is a mess. They go back to Jalen Milrow. I think this is a big Tommy Reese game, man, because Tommy Reese, for whatever reason, is trying to run, you know, the Jalen offense, the Alabama Tua offense. I think what he needs to do is run the Jalen Milrow offense, which is quarterback design runs. For whatever reason, they've only called five the first three games. And, you know, he's averaging nine point two yards per carry on those runs. So I think that's what they need to do. They need to make this, you know, a Jalen Milrow game, get him out in space. And then, you know, I, I love Lane, but I think he may have poked the bear. So you're giving me Alabama, when everybody's done with them, under a touchdown, I'm going to buy a low one last time. And if I'm wrong, you know, I talked about it with Dabo, two losses, and we're in September. What if Saban has two losses? We, we know he's fine, They're but everybody else year. on that coaching staff yeah. might be in some big trouble, man.
1: All righty, I think this is the most fascinating game on the NFL slate this weekend, Ryan Horvath, because for some reason, maybe I should bet this, that it will end in a tie. It wouldn't shock me if it did between the Chargers and Vikings with – uh, two fan base I know the Vikings have a fan base. The, the chargers really don't ever since they've moved to LA, but both of these teams have just been absolutely miserable right out of the gate, Minnesota. It's basically a pick them. They're a one point favorite who wins the game between the chargers and Vikings,
0: man. So like it looks like Minnesota should be the play here because the number doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because the chargers were three point favorites against the dolphins week one, and then three point road favorites against the Titans week two. Now we're supposed to believe that their one-point dogs are a pick against the Vikings. And I know the Vikings, like you said, that's a tough place to play. The offense on paper looks great, but even the passing game's struggling a little bit right now. Justin Jefferson doesn't have a touchdown yet. Jordan Addison's look really good as a rookie, I know. And J.J.'s putting up the numbers. But they still have no run game, man. So bad they had to call up Cam Akers. And I don't know how good he's going to be in that offensive system, especially you know, if he does give it a go coming up this weekend. Vikings defense, terrible. Chargers pass defense, for whatever reason, terrible. I think this is a huge game for Brandon Staley. They start 0-3, and the, the offense has been fine. The problem is the first three quarters, defense they're number is four miserable. in EPA. Yeah, but in the fourth quarter, Herbert's kind of like falling apart. Yeah. They're running the ball too much. And the, the defense, with all that money they spent, has been a mess. Uh, they're getting after the quarterback. The secondary has just been a mess. You can't let Ryan Tannehill go 11 for 13 outside the numbers to his wide receivers. I get it week one against two in that offense, but I'm going to buy in one last time with the Chargers. I just can't do it with the Vikings, man. I could see the Vikings starting 0-4, maybe even looking to move Kirk Cousins before next year so you get something in return if there's an offer out there and people could make it happen financially. But I just think this number is crazy. So i got to take the Chargers one last time. Way too much talent on that team.
1: When I look at the Panthers and Seahawks, Bryce Young is out, and then you look at the Seahawks; they have no offensive line. All their guys are yeah. banged up. Uh, Seattle's a five and a half point favorite. The over/under is forty-two. Uh, what's a better play? Uh, do you plus the points uh, with the with the Panthers? Do you lay them with the Seahawks, or do you just hammer the under of forty-two?
0: So here's what I bet, and I usually don't bet favorites like over three and a half points. But, it, well, I mean, in the right situation, I do. Like last night, I like San Francisco, even yeah. at ten and a half. But in this spot, I do like Seattle. You know, and I know the offensive line's shaky. You know, the defense is still young, but I think they're going to click here in a couple weeks. I was worried about Seattle because I was high on them coming into the season in the West like most of us were, and they didn't look very good. Uh, they get upset by the Rams. Defense was shaky. Gino kind of looked like maybe he was going to go back to being a pumpkin. Then last week, that was a huge win against the Lions. And now I really like them in this spot here. Like Carolina, I bet them on Monday night uh, is three-point dogs. I never want to do that ever again. You You know, Bryce, out the next couple weeks, you got Dalton stepping in. I can't do it with the Panthers. They can run the ball. They're tough enough defensively. But I like Seattle to win this game yeah, by a touchdown.
1: And also, Miles Sanders is so overrated. He, um, like he was he was not as good as people thought he was just because he had a really good year last year in Philadelphia. They gave up on him in the postseason, and you don't have the offensive line that you had in Philly, and uh, no more Nick Sirianni, and also uh, 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 Shane Steichen. Even though Frank Reich yeah. uh, gets the the tag of a decent coach uh, in the NFL, probably better than than what I think um, let me ask you one final thing your favorite NFL play if it's an time touchdown over under spread uh, first half uh, total whatever uh, what's your favorite NFL play this weekend
0: I actually saw I, so I found a prop that I really like and it's my favorite uh, it's Brian Robinson for the commanders under 14 and a half yards longest rush I like Brian Robinson he's not a three down back though he's more of your like goal line tough yardage back they're using them a little bit different this season, but I found that longest rush under 14 and a half. There's really good prices out on that one, so I do like that. And you know what? I went back and forth on this one. I'm taking Green Bay. I am not sold on the Saints. Defensively, we know what they are. They're going to be a top five, top ten unit. But offensively, you know, and I know everybody was high on the Derek Carr pickup, but I just haven't seen it. Maybe things change when Kamara gets there. Mike Thomas is still fine. I really, really like Chris Olave, But I think Green Bay is better than people are talking about. Obviously, you worry about the run game, but I don't think that's going to kill him this week. And that's still a really good pass defense. And offensively, you look like you get Christian Watson back. You get Aaron Jones back, which is huge, man, because I'm so done with the A.J. Dillon experiment. 17 carries for 19 yards. Like, he he looks like Mike Allstott, but he runs like Warwick. So Aaron Jones is 175 pounds. He runs harder than A.J. Dillon. So. I like Green Bay to uh, bounce back after that loss to Atlanta. I actually like them at home against, uh, against the Saints. I'm not sold on New Orleans this year.
1: He is Ryan Horvath from BetMGM tonight. You could also uh, catch him out on Saturday mornings, getting you ready for all the college football games on the BetQL network.
0: Ryan, we'll do it again next week. Thank you. Zach, thanks so much because you're a friend. UCLA, if we get to seven, if Cam Rising plays, they're going to win that game. It's the Dante Moore coming out party. Okay, picture this.